remember the real reason the Pirates struggled early this past season? The real reason, not payroll, not any of that narrative stuff. The real reason. If you've forgotten, and I'm betting a lot of people have, rest assured, Ben Charrington didn't. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. The Rule 5 draft happened last week, as did a handful of other discussions between the Pirates and other teams. Standard stuff for the winter meetings. It's just how it goes. But along the way, and most definitely not to be overlooked, Charrington replaced nearly everybody, nearly everybody associated with caring for this team's physical well-being. Pretty much the only one who stayed was the one I would have expected to stay, and that's Todd Tomzik. He's the director of sports medicine. He's, uh, in addition to being just a a great guy and and a tremendous pro, Todd is also the guy who's the liaison between the on-field athletic trainers and the doctors, meaning doctors Patrick DeMeo and Ed Snell at Allegheny Health Network. Everyone else, everyone, like even down into the minor leagues, was out just like that. Uh, the name to know out of this group, meaning of, of the ones who were added, is Rafael Freitas. He's the new major league head athletic trainer. He's the guy you'll be seeing most often uh, come out of the dugout when it looks like a player's in trouble. So you'll you'll learn the name after a while. The rest of these are going to be uh, people that you would only get to know uh, if you really, really, really pay close attention to what the Pirates do, like, I mean, like around the clock, like crazy stuff. But here's what matters. Early last season, the Pirates lost nearly half their roster to injuries. And in a lot of cases, they were what are commonly seen as being preventable injuries. You know, hamstring, uh, a tweak here or there. Things that can be addressed through proper stretching, proper nutrition, proper hydration, proper maintenance, proper awareness of everything that's happening with a player and his preparation. The Pirates ended up 2020 with 22 players on Major League Baseball's injury list. I'm going to repeat that number for you again because it cannot escape you. 22 players wound up on the injury list. Technically speaking, that was second most in baseball tied with the Cardinals and trailing the Marlins. But throw those out. Throw both of those out because a lot of the players who ended up on the injury list for the Marlins and the Cardinals were because of the COVID outbreaks on those two teams. Those were the only two teams that had significant widespread outbreaks, you'll recall. And unlike football, which separates its injuries and COVID on separate lists, Baseball had them all on one list. 
So the pirates were the absolute worst. Well, they were the absolute worst in most everything, but they were also the absolute worst in this area. I'm going to keep saying this about Charrington until it isn't true. He's not leaving anything unturned. It is not easy, any general manager will tell you, to change medical staff, athletic training staff, physical conditioning staff, strength coaches. The reasons for that is that there's there's a trust that has to be formed. It's no different than when you go to your doctor and you think to yourself, hmm, doctor seems pretty nice. It really shouldn't matter if the doctor is nice or not, but you want to develop a trust. You want to develop a bond. You want to know that the person in whom you're putting your health, the single most important thing in your life, is someone you, you know, you can get to know. So even though Charrington was on the job for only a year, even though Charrington was almost entirely inheriting the medical training and strength staffs of Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark, he still got to know them. He got to trust them as people. And then he watched them perform. Now, you could say, hey, it's unfair. It's 2020. Uh, Everybody's conditioning would have been messed up. There was a pandemic. Uh, Some players, you know, weren't able to train anywhere near what they normally would. Um, I told you the story many times of Josh Bell running up and down the steps with his dog in the building next to mine where I live. And when I asked him, what, what else is he doing? Like, what's he doing to get ready for baseball? And he's like, no, nah, this is pretty much it. Now, obviously, they ended up having a spring training or a spring training 2.0, I should say. So you could say, hey, that's, that's is really unfair that they did this with pandemic. But, but in 2019, in 2019, the year before, no pandemic, nothing of the kind, the Pirates sent 27 players to Major League Baseball's injury list. 27. One more than an entire roster. And that also was officially the second most in Major League Baseball. No, these guys, these guys had it coming. A change was needed and a change was delivered by a general manager who very clearly is not shy about doing that sort of thing. When we come back, who's going to close for this team? Why does nobody even talk about that? Who's the closer? Welcome back. One crazy thing about Pirates' recent history, when I say recent, I mean like the last 30 years or so, is that even when they've been really, really down, and I'm talking about 20 consecutive losing seasons down, they've always had a closer. You notice that? They've always had somebody who could take the ball in the ninth inning, usually at a very high level, 
and get people out. Going back here in time on, on some of you and predating some of you, Mike Williams was that guy. Jose Mesa was that guy. They've had others that have just come along and just taken the job like out of nowhere, like an Evan Meek. Uh, Joel Hanrahan came in a trade, pitched great, was a terrific closer. He was then traded for Mark Melanson, who ended up being an even better closer. This just went on and on, and then and then came Felipe Vasquez, and I don't really need to, yeah, that. But he was great at the pitching thing. And now, just like that, because of Vasquez, the Pirates are left with, I don't know, who's their closer? Richard Rodriguez ended this past season as the closer, but that felt like exactly what it was, which was just defaulting. Uh, Richard was basically the last man standing out there, and then even he ended up getting banged up toward the end. It looked for a brief and wonderful while at the beginning as if Nick Birdie could be that. My goodness, what he was doing was special. I mean, we're talking about just very casually sending up 102, 103 miles an hour and then wipe out off-speed stuff. He was just embarrassing opponents but we all know what happened there and it's happened to him many times before and now he's going to be shut down for another year or thereabouts so there's still really no answer is it you know are you looking at Kyle Crick I don't know I mean look at the inconsistencies that he's shown the past couple of years love the guy to death but I mean uh, this is two seasons in a row albeit interrupted and you know coming with all kinds of asterisks that he hasn't been a consistent performer that's not something that he would deny himself I don't think you can enter a spring training even setting him up as a closer candidate I really don't um, do you want to get iffy and go with Blake Cedarland you can't you can't you can't the kids never pitched above double a ball you know and the fact that he came up late in the season for the Pirates in a coronavirus year with bizarre roster stuff going on uh, doesn't mean anything. It was nice for him, I, I should say. You know, came up, got a cup of coffee and, you know, managed to, you know, break through some of the things that every youngster has to break through in making it to the majors, but you're not going to take that kid and roll him out there to be a closer. If you're Derek Shelton, you're probably pretty smart to enter this coming spring training by just saying, look, we don't have one. We'll cobble it together. It's the time-honored answer of managers ever since the save became a statistic when they don't have just one person that they can put in that role. But the Pirates don't. The Pirates don't. I'm going to say something here that might sound a little inconsistent with other things I've said in recent days as it relates to the building or the rebuilding or however you'd want to characterize it of the Pirates. But I'm not so sure it wouldn't be a bad idea to go get somebody. Now, closers are irrationally expensive. 
if you go for the big names. But you don't need to do that. Maybe you just find a veteran uh, reliever who's, I don't know, been a seventh-inning guy, an eighth-inning guy, something like that, that maybe wasn't put into those safe situations before, but you think maybe has the stuff and the presence and the poise and the experience and the cool and everything else that's required in that role to go out there and fill the job. I don't care at what stage of maturation your major league roster is. You must be able to close out games. You can't have even the youngest of teams, the one that goes out there with the least expectations, and expect them not to be hurt by late-blown leads. There's nothing, there's nothing that crushes a big league clubhouse like a blown lead. So it's something that Ben Charrington definitely needs to be thinking about. Uh, If that costs a couple more dollars than he'd like to be spending on the 2021 team because he'd rather use that money going forward, um, I would argue that it's still worth it. And I would further argue that if you think back to last spring when Charrington realized he had no center fielder in Bradenton, that he had to go and get Gerard Dyson. He had to get somebody to at least field the position, if only to kill time. Because there's certain things on the baseball diamond that you can't do without. I'm a believer in the closer role. I'm a believer in the impact that they have the confidence that comes from having a good one or a great one. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of it, strangely enough, over the years because the Pirates have been really blessed in that regard. Maybe it's time to to get another one. I'm not sure that that answer is on the inside. When we come back, just one question. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. time for just one question that's always brought to you on this program by Mike Spearbar, which is open which is on the north shore which is directly across the street from PNC Park and I'm going to repeat it's open Mike's beer bar is offering its entire food menu it's all takeout you go in it's safe clean even through these closures of indoor settings in the Commonwealth, Mike's is open. That's the point that I want to make the most. All of his beers, 500 on tap, 80 of them, at least 80 of them, local at any given time. Available for takeout. Find out more at mikesbeerbar.com. Today's question 
Today's just one question, I should call it, comes from Harold, who asks, what do you say to those who've completely given up on the pirates and literally feel nothing for them anymore? That's where I'm at. Well, the first thing I say, Harold, is no, that's not where you are at. With all due respect, if you are sending me that question, you are most definitely not a dispassionate, disinterested observer of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I get these all the time. If you are writing this, then you care. If you get angry about things that the Pirates do or don't do, then you care. There's no logical escape from this theorem. There just isn't. If you're still paying attention, if you're watching the games on anything other than the most casual level, you care. This city cares deeply about the Pirates. You can pound your fist about Bob Nutting and payroll and what happened in 2015 after that season and everything else, but this is a generational thing, meaning it gets passed down from one to the next to the next to the next, and we all feel it. We all get it indirectly. Do you know how many cities in America could have or would have had a display like the one that we saw in 2013 for the blackout? Did that look like an expansion town to anybody? Did that look like a team or a city that didn't care, that had lost interest, that had just kind of bandwagoned their way back into the mix? No. No, no, no. The Pirates are one of our oldest civic institutions in Pittsburgh. That doesn't go away. That doesn't take a break. It doesn't take a sabbatical. It's part of who we are. They, the institution that is the Pirates, not Bob Nutting, not the results from last year, not the Miguel Del Pozo or whatever else. The Pirates are part of who we are. The institution is part of of who we are. So this is it, Harold. This is this is what I say to those people who have completely given up on the pirates and literally feel nothing for them anymore. To reiterate your question, I'm telling you that you aren't one of them. And start coping with the truth, my man. Thanks so much for the question and thanks to everyone for listening today. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.